0: It's shiny. It's awesome. It's cool. It's a piece it's of hardware that I can give for my baby boy. Eu não comi nada antes. Não, a comida eu vim entender. Hold on I'm talking brother. 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 Hold on I'm talking
1: brother. Hold on I'm talking brother. Hold on I'm talking brother. Hello and welcome back to Hold on I'm talking brother. My name is Joe Greenwood and you are listening to our UFC London review. Aspinall versus Blades and uh Tom Ballam So nice they did it twice, but this time did not deliver uh, like the first time. That was my initial reaction watching it live on Saturday night. What is your overall feelings about how successful this uh, UFC London card was?
0: Oh, Paddy the body. (laughs) Oh, Paddy the body. Uh, Joe... It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It hit yes. some pretty high points. This card for me, so I'm not gonna, not gonna buy into this doom and gloom totally. Uh, but that was just some flash points. By and large, it was a little bit underwhelming.
1: Yeah, massively so. Massively so. I mean, none more so than the main event, which is what we'll get to now. Uh, Tom Aspinall versus Curtis Blades. Tom Aspinall um, throws a leg kick against Curtis Blades. Uh, takes a step back and blows his knee out. Uh, inside 15 seconds, um, pff, what is what a 15 seconds? It was though. Hey Tom, we really learnt a lot there. Well, uh, well, Joe, we called it on the pod. One of the
0: two uh, commentators on this pod did notice a, a not a blow from Blades leading to a finish, and Blades was claiming <laughs> that as well. You know, he was emphasising the
1: fact that he threw the hands. Yeah. Right, hold on. So you, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. So we made predictions last week, right? I put my prediction belt on the line and I predicted an Aspel knockout and you've gone for a Blades knockout. Are you seriously going to claim this as a victory? Are you claiming these, these two points?
0: Well, well, Joe, I don't make the rules, all right? I play the game <laughs> as it is and that, that's two points I've picked up from this fight. We'll get to the rest of the fights. Oh, fight. my word. Uh, Joe, I,
1: it's out of my hands. There's really nothing I can do about it. This uh, is this is Mourinho-esque. This is... This is Dreadful. All right, fine. You can you can claim it. It's fine. You can claim this victory on this on this prediction, right? Let's go ahead into the actual fight, though. Um, yeah, a bit of a nothing experience, I guess. It was a real deflating moment considering the rest of the card as well. Uh, how that did not live up to how it should have been. Yeah, but, yeah,
0: that's... absolutely. This was uh, what everything was building up to. Uh, the crowd was was reaching a kind of fever pitch. It was mm-hmm. everything it was ever i think you know it was really feeling like it was going to deliver you know just on an emotional level i i feel that not necessarily anything mm-hmm. i saw in the fight although my feeling was joe uh i did think like well, blades man he's he's being undersold here like blades is yeah. uh, he's a serious serious competitor in that division with it with a monumental record a big big man you could see that he was not outmatched uh, in any in any kind of size no. comparison between the two and I, I really i had this cheeky feeling the whole time that blaze was going to pull, pull off an upset uh crazy that i'm saying
1: it would have been an upset i just that, yeah. that's
0: that's how i felt it was set up
1: yeah it was it was it was an odd sensation watching it and yeah i mean it's it's immensely disappointing we didn't see how this play out i mean these two in theory should be great Dance partners in a way. You know, you've got the traditional striker against wrestler combo, well, but they're a bit more evolved than that. Well, Bla- Blades said it best uh, in his po-
0: post-fight victory speech <laughs> when he said, <laughs> he got skills, I got skills, and we want to see whose skills are better.
1: Yeah, and mm. I, I think that's fair enough. Uh, it's pretty clear they're not going to see that, though, in their next fights. Blades has already set his sights on the... Winner of the Tuivasa Cyril Garn fight, which will be main event in UFC Paris Th- in September. That makes sense, doesn't it, Joe? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, unless Tuivasa knocks Garno brutally, w- at which point I'm saying give that man a title shot. But well, like, this
0: but we've still got to resolve the whole situation around and in the UFC. Is he coming back? I don't know if we've had any further developments on do that. Do
1: we, or do or do we just go like, you know what, interim title shot Tuivasa against Miocic? Like, are we d- like, we can't no. just keep, we don't, can't keep teasing people. You don't this. say, you,
0: you can say Tui Vassa, you can say title shot, but you can't say the other thing you said then, which was Amy Miocic. He has to win a fight, Joe. Yeah? What do you? D-
1: you don't. Wait, think. hold on. So then you, you would have Blades, Tui Vassa for a title shot, interim title shot.
0: Uh, I would make... So, here's my perspective on the heavyweight division right now. I think you could have put Match Blades up with Garn or Tuivasa uh, and mm-hmm. he would have gone on to fight for the belt without this whatever's just happened with Aspinall. Yeah. Um, now, he should fight the winner of that fight. That sounds great to me.
1: Um, whether mm-hmm. it's for a belt or not, you know, I'm I'm not particularly bothered. Okay. Oh, fair enough then. Fair enough. I mean, I mean, I guess it depends on how they want to book the Jones-Stipe fight. If that's going to be for an interim title, if that's going to be, or just like a straight up matchup between those two, title well, or not.
0: this remains to be seen, Joe. I mean, every heavyweight in the pack, when when asked about John Jones, they say, please stop talking to me about that guy. He's mm. he, I've never seen him at heavyweight before. I have no evidence yeah. that he is going to appear at heavyweight. And I think our approach here on Hold On, I'm Talking Brother, it should probably be the same, because is that really going to happen?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's he's teased a lot over Ugh. three years now, nearly three years, and it's tiring. It really is tiring. I mean, a man who has continually, as we said the other week, full of shit, pretty much, and and what then mean, like, full e- of shit e-
0: about a p o You
1: know what was full that of shit like? about his personal life, full of shit about his his you know his morals, and then like we're going to believe him when it comes to the fight game. Yeah, exactly. So. Body yeah, I'm steroids. Exactly. So I guess maybe we should just ignore alcohol. Jones. <laughs> Domestic Joe, violence. Let's yeah. stop talking about John Jones. Let's not sell let's talk the about Curtis Blades. Let's talk about Curtis Blades. You're saying winner of Gaunt to Evasa.
0: Well, I'm saying like hopefully this fight will still be there uh in the future. Hopefully it will be. Aspinall will make a full recovery. Can Maybe you yes. can put something up for me, Joe. I didn't actually see. Was it confirmed just to be a dislocation or is there some more serious damage? No, nothing's
1: there? clearly come out, but I think that was the initial reading of it, that it was a dislocation of sorts. Now, you're claiming there that that's going to be the power from Blade's leg uh, dislocating. Joe, the,
0: the thickness, the thickness <laughs> on those thighs. They were so planted Damn. in the in the mat. Uh, can you also confirm whether or not Aspinall
1: took further injuries and having to manoeuvre himself out of the cage? That was not it? Did you see that little wheelchair thing they stuck him into initially? As, <laughs> if, that... like, he'd, as if he'd collapsed on the side of a mountain he had to be airlifted out. That was appalling. <laughs> that was absolutely awful. And then you saw like he basically, in the end, he had to ditch the chair and just kind of jump down the steps himself.
0: It was just Terrifying. absolutely
1: freakish. Like, this... I mean, I know he's a gigantic man, but... Jesus Christ. You couldn't get like a few people to help him onto that thing. That was but, awful. I mean, are we are we to take it from this that the UFC is not
0: expecting fighters to be injured and need to be taken <laughs> out of the cage? Is this like yeah, particularly heavyweights
1: <laughs> like, what? Like, I guess I guess from past experience that that's nothing to really worry about. I mean, the only time other uh, time this popped into my head that I've seen a fighter being shown stretched out was when O'Malley lost to Vera. Don't if you remember that it was a very weird shot that they showed of him leaving. It's like it's kind of the same thing here, where the, they don't normally show this of fighters, unless it's for people that they seem to like, and it seems like Aspinall is someone that they do, they do like. Although in the um, in the post fight, wh- when the referee was announcing,
0: when uh, sorry, the Bruce Buffer and the referee were announcing the winner, mm. uh, they were very keen to get Aspinall out yeah, of the out. picture. They just tried to find this little corner of the octagon where this like, yeah. spectacle wasn't um wasn't in camera shot i don't know what else there is to say about this like commiserations to aspinol is is really unfortunate blaze has to move on exactly and uh, he'll be back i'm uh, positive about that and we'll be back to talk about him when he is but i think now we have to look at the co-main which was the middleweight matchup between (laughs) jack the joker Hermanson and chris curtis joe you're laughing i know you didn't you wanted to skip straight to the fight after this but We do have to follow the official championship. No, no, I'm um, I'm happy to follow the uh, the championship format, Joe. So Mm -hmm. we both picked Chris Curtis to win this fight by decision, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, because we didn't expect Jack Hermanson to turn into a kickboxer who was happy to just pick away at range and set the range and be patient. Like that was a very surprising performance from Hermanson. Didn't get frustrated. Didn't get you know riled up by his opponent's antics or anything like that just stayed very measured and just pieced Curtis up from the outside and Curtis got very frustrated by that to the point where he was flipping him off in the middle of the cage flipped him off as he was did you see the video of him walking outside the cage afterwards both fingers up Screaming "fuck you" and uh, yeah, it was it was very salty about his uh, his loss. You know, Can I you mean, understand
0: why? No, I cannot understand why. That is a bad
1: look, Chris Curtis. You're not a boy. You've been demoted. Uh, he has. He's definitely lost boy status. However. The following, actually, that evening and the following day, he was on Twitter apologizing for his behavior and even took a picture with Hermanson uh, to uh, apologize and show well, that spot. Well, How, how,
0: the how page. magnanimous of him. Uh, I think if you're going to give plaudits to somebody's character, it's, it's Jack Hermanson because he uh, largely accepted those taunts, apart from a, a brief, <laughs> you're, you're a bitch at the, <laughs> in the last five seconds, which I thought was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Oh Or fuck you bitch, was it? I, I, yeah, something along those so you, a, you you choose the variation listener that, uh, that sounds a, most important. And had a you. bit of Viking kind of Norse
0: inflection on yeah. it and then you've got uh then you've got it. I mean Hermansen had every right to to be dismissive of Curtis. I, I, I thought Hermanson put 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 on a bit of a clinic, really. He thought yeah. he, he thought exactly how he should have thought. I was actually sad to see him uh kind of apologising for his performance
1: yeah uh, that I found um, that bizarre. what did he, he do wrong I mean he, he just he, he, he won the fight clear decision win he absolutely
0: worked Curtis in, in, in every element of the game he landed some big shots which was surprisingly didn't
1: lovely the, body kick lovely well, elbows sort of left elbows as well yeah
0: I don't know how Curtis didn't get cut by them I was expecting to see a, a, you know a absolutely sliced up face once um, mm. once his guard came away from those elbows so great showing from Hermanson uh Curtis just couldn't really get near him, Joe. Like, I I didn't realize, I have to say, um, I didn't realize Curtis doesn't throw kicks at all. Mm. Like, he sort of abandoned that, didn't he? I mean, it was was terrible. He couldn't cut the cage off. He couldn't close the distance. He couldn't get in the pocket. Um, He couldn't offer the kicks that would kind of frame um, Hermanson in a way that he could close the distance against the cage and get in range. No,
1: No double jab. Like, it was, it was very rudimentary stuff. I mean, I kind of... It kind of... It did feel like that maybe Chris Curtis has fought a few times too many recently. Like, maybe he needs a bit of time off. I understand why he's trying to take as many fights as he can. I mean, the promo package beforehand outlined his sort of journey and his frustrations and, like, only getting to the UFC now when he's 35, when he could have been there before and he wants to make the most of it. I get that. But sometimes you need to take a break. You know, add something new to your game, and hopefully from this fight he does. But let's go back to Hermanson here, who really did show big development in this game. That he's actually willing to stay on the feet and not worry too much about trying to stranglings, trying to strangle someone, and maybe just let that happen organically well, rather than sort of chase it. I, that, this is what I want to see in the next fight. I want to see him fight someone who let's see if he can do it against someone who is going to push him a bit more than. Curtis you want to did. see Jack, Jack Hermanson, the kickboxer. Maybe, maybe I don't know. What, what, what sort of matchup are you imagining here? Well, I'm not sure that I
0: took exactly the same thing away from the fight that you did, Joe. I mean, I feel like I've seen this Hermanson before, but I've only seen it for a round or two. And then I've seen, yeah, you know, the inclination being to switch to the wrestling game and then show his kind of specialism on the on the mat. I feel like against, mm-hmm. uh, for example, Vittori, he had a good. First round or so, but then he was kind of outmatched in, in the power, and obviously he didn't mm. actually do much damage to Curtis. I think somebody with a, I don't know, someone who had game planned a bit better for Hermanson would have been able to make Hermanson or test him more in this fight. Mm. Um, like really, I mean, it was it was a very poor display from Curtis. He just wasn't no ring craft, no ability to close the distance for sure. And uh, of course, there are fighters in their kickboxers in that division. Uh, who who would make short work of that, especially when Hermansen doesn't seem to have the power to really uh, make people ask questions. I mean, mm. Cur- Curtis himself, he, he wasn't at any point worried by the da- damage of Hermansen. He just didn't know how to close the distance, which I just couldn't believe.
1: Can yeah, you? particularly for someone so experienced.
0: Somebody who's who's marketed as a striker, a boxer, and <laughs> you know, should have great footwork and the ability to do
1: that. Yeah, he re- he did he did freeze up a bit. Yeah, like, yeah, he did freeze up. Anyway, Hermanson, can I throw out the matchup that I'm thinking? Please do. Andre Muniz? You hate Jerk Hermanson? No, I just think that would be an interesting matchup. Oh, I think that's I think that's a bit rough, mate. If if I C what are you thinking is that, is that what you're thinking I think that's
0: the, the kind of guy who who would bomb through that distance if he was going to try and kickbox <laughs> that sounds like
1: that sounds but like you, a lesson you, for Curtis and what he should have done no no oh right but what I'm saying is that like you could imagine Duplessis just charging forward throwing those shots Hermanson could slip under that and take him down you don't know think like the raging, the raging sp- bull I yeah I don't know I could see it I mean Duplessis
0: I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen Duplessis getting worked by a wrestler yet. Um That would be yeah, I mean I, I could be interested in that. I mean hamansen has he's won the fight. He probably wants to look up the rankings. He's sat there at number eight now in the middle. But he's way in back. a
1: rough spot though. He is in a rough spot where I feel like he should get a couple more wins okay. against guys who are a bit lower or within his range. And then sort of make, work his way back up the rankings. Like, he doesn't need to rush into somehow, something. Somehow Uriah
0: Hall is still there, sitting at 12. Now, <laughs> a bit of a bum note, maybe. You've also got Nazodine Imamov, the, the man fighting out of France. He's, mm. he's been making some waves. Brad Tavares. I mean, Tavares that's... would be an interesting one. Matt By the way, if he fought
1: Tavares, I think that would be... He would have fought all of Sean Strickland's middleweight teammates. Like, Strickland, Curtis, Tavares, and Puna Soriano, I think, are all the middleweights from that gym. So, maybe work through that gym, you know, like how Sakuraba was the Gracie hunter, (laughs) you know. Hermanson's the extreme couture hunter. And then he can try and Um, get the Strickland fight back, which was, of course, very
0: poor showing from Hermanson. I think the listeners can probably tell we're not super excited about that fight. Yeah, let's move on. on.
1: Let's move on. To Paddy Pimlet. Paddy Pimlet on Saturday night delivered massively what a moment for Paddy Pimlet uh, defeats Jordan Levitt by rear naked choke in the second round should we go straight to that finish and how he got there or should we start with the first round where yet again some deficiencies of Pimlet were shown
0: I think we have to start even before that Joe uh, we, already, we already talked about the kind of pre-fight build up between these two guys um, which, which really had the fight poised nicely for me, although I had picked uh, your man, Levitt, to win. By decision. By decision, whereas you called it uh, for a Paddy... Knockout. Paddy knockout, yeah. Yes, indeed. So that means that you, you do pick up one point from this fight because it was a submission for Paddy in the end. Anyway, uh, the walkout, Joe, they gave him the treatment, the lights were off, the
1: yeah. crowd, the, the echo in the stadium... It's definitely... It was, major. Oh, it was it's major. major, it was major It was major And I was thinking as well When was the last time a fighter got that This early in their run And it was Conor when he fought Holloway He got the blackout, got the walkout that way And that was in his second fight in the UFC Only other, one, other ones I can think of as well Were Michael Chandler and Anderson Silva But they were in title fights in their second fight In the UFC So yeah, this is It felt major and Linking to that is Dana this week saying I want to take Paddy to New York or Boston next for his next fight before then moving on to Vegas so Mm -hmm. get ready for the Paddy show at MSG crushing a can brother like he will be fighting someone easy at MSG but let's go into the fight then Or the the continuing of the walkout was that like the energy for for Levitt's entrance was quite funny of just the comical booing of him and like him sort of embracing you like okay he's clearly not that bothered by this atmosphere he's He's aware of what's happening. And just, there was an electricity to Paddy coming out that is just, it really is missing from a lot of fighters in the UFC. He gets in there, round one happens, and well, how did you score round one? Because some people have said that maybe Pimlet won this round, but I had it quite clearly for Levitt. Well, you'd have to explain to me what made it a
0: clear Levitt round,
1: yeah. Well, it wasn't clear for me, but I, f- I felt strongest that it was a Levitt round. Just that he outgrappled him that he just controlled him and that the impact that Paddy landed would not have didn't swing the uh, the balance in his favour enough for me because it only came right at the end and he had been pretty much controlled for all of that round. Um, yeah, I think... I kind think of like unable to get him off, really.
0: I think you've summed it up well. I mean, obviously, Levitt came in to go to work and try, try to shut down that hype, stop him from building any further and uh, went straight into the wrestling game, pushing... Paddy up against the fence and then working through various positions. He was largely mm. successful in that in controlling Paddy, but he wasn't re- really able to get anything off at all. He didn't yeah. carry any threat in that department, Levitt. Yeah. And what I've got to say for Pimler, he the man has undeniable power. Yeah. He hits yeah. different, Joe. You can just see it. You can see that um, when he was able to get some shots off that Levitt, he didn't like that at all. It, I don't know. Yeah. Some players just really just. It's just different, and
1: and they have a weight to them. They they have, have yeah, ferocity, pop,
0: yeah. It's 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 quite something. You watch these like you know built guys in great shape, and and they just don't don't hit right. You know, guys like Marvin Vittori, well, Paul Craig also, or Marvin Vittori, I think, is the standout example. Yes, that's a great example. I mean, he's a a hulking build, got a big square head, (laughs) but uh, but nobody really recoils from his shots. I think Paddy's shots. They did tell, even though we didn't get many off. I, I and
1: also also feel like that power would be a lot more impressive if he had the technique to back it up because ah, his striking technique. Ah, so cool. fuck
0: that, Joe! Come on, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that, mate. You need a hairstyle. You need the walkout. You know, yeah, you need a couple of choice comments, and then you just swing for the fences. Yeah, and That's, then teabag him at the end. And then teabag him in the end. So we got into the second, uh, and Levitt tried to continue with that same. Same game this time. Uh, Paddy was able to wrap up. What was the name of that position? It was like a f- four four point lock. I can't, I can't quite remember. Yeah, it? yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh, because what he's got. Um, how many points are basically out of your control now? Isn't it something I can't? I don't know the correct terminology <laughs> of it, but I understand. Understand the. This the, is not the
0: podcast for that, brother.
1: Yeah, go to, go to check check Slack if you want that shit. Right, but. What well, what was really interesting as well was when they were up against the fence and Paddy sort of like locked in this guillotine with like a sort of, dast choke sort of guillotine standing on the feet where mm. it's getting a bit of a squeeze on. Obviously, mm. it's not going to be a submission sort of threat from there. And but you he made let the uncomfortable. that he yeah, made, you made, made let 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 it, it let... adjust and left the space for that knee. Uh, that knee to Which... the head. Yeah, which he did not expect and did not enjoy. No, Dropped I was down. I, well, I was debating. Paddy took the back.
0: Uh, yeah, sorry, just didn't cut in there. So that the knee that caused Levitt to drop to the mat. I, at the time, I really wasn't sure if that was like Paddy Levitt was like, "Oh my god, I can't take another one of them. I got to be become a downed opponent." You know, I have got to get knees mm. to mat, or whether it really rocked him. Uh, what's your
1: feeling on that? Uh, oh, oh, well, maybe, maybe he was like, "I've got to go." I, I, yeah, I don't want any more yeah, of that. Towards like a, a low single ankle pick sort of thing maybe you are trying to go to, at which then point then Paddy then flipped that round to a back take. Um, trap, and the, then locked trap the arm the, in the body Trap the right arm of Levitt uh, up against his torso in the body lock, at which point Levitt is a one-armed man and in this Bisping, fight. And Bispling declared it was over. And yeah,
0: sure enough mere thirty seconds later, Paddy did sink in that choke. I mean, Joe, once once you are trapped in a body lock and you've only got one arm, uh, <laughs> it's a, that's a pretty rough condition position to be that's in. A- number one, you've got to try to get the body triangle off with your one yeah. arm. Yeah. All right. Number two, you've got to free the arm. And number yeah. three, you've got to escape the choke. And that is uh, uh, diminishing returns on any of those yeah.
1: outlets. So, uh... And with a fighter who had three minutes to work to get that. If there was 30 <laughs> seconds to go of the round, you might think like, oh, Levitt might be able to survive this. There was absolutely no way he was going to survive that. And Paddy knew. He knew he had to time. And he was patient with it. Waiting for that choke to get in there. And once it was in, my word was that tight. And Levitt he was kind of scratching his way to try and find something to lock onto. And he knew, he knew he was done and just... Took the smart, smart option. Don't need to
0: be choked out in front of 20,000 fans and then teabagged. And then get (laughs) (laughs) teabagged. At least he was conscious when he was teabagged. And it was a bit of a half-hearted teabag from from yeah. Pimlet, which which I was fine with. It was all quite good-natured between the two of them at the end. I haven't I haven't heard from Levitt since then, Joe. Have, have you seen mm. any? Has he made any comments? No, on what haven't I haven't seen it? anything. Yeah, probably won't be showing his face for a little bit.
1: Yeah, back to the uh, fight night at the Apex uh, prelims for you, Mr. Levitt. Build yourself back up, son, because uh, I think he gave a good account of himself this week, like, you know, in terms of, like, how he presented himself to the fans. I don't know. I th- I think so. Oh, well, he certainly did, but ultimately he was humbled by Paddy
0: Pimlet and T-Bag. You know, like they can't get away from <laughs> they can't get away from what happened to him. He talked a big game, he was very dismissive. I don't I don't but, think dismissive of problem. Paddy's s- s- skills. Uh, and Paddy, you know, did damage to him on the feet. Actually yeah. did outgrapple him effectively and and then choked him out. So that was pretty, <laughs> you know, doesn't get much more
1: uh, yeah Sorry, dominant than that, you know. Yeah. So, should we talk about uh, the post-fight promo from Paddy? Well, this... this was this felt like a real star-making moment in a way, or a humility sort of making moment for for this guy. Cut the bullshit and just poured his heart out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I certainly shared the same sentiment as you. It was a real, like, not in the. Well, okay. Let's talk about first what what he he said. He made a very emotional appeal for. For men to unburden themselves by sharing um, things that are weighing them down emotionally, off the back of a close friend of his uh, committing suicide just not long before the fight,
1: um, and he I think four or five days before,
0: yeah, which is and it was a naked, emotional, open uh, speech that certainly resonated. Uh, with a lot of people uh, me included i thought that was a very powerful yeah, so. moment totally authentic um, Yeah, and you know paddy might be a bit crass and a bit uh uncomfortable at times yes but people like someone they can relate to someone who's genuine and i th- certainly felt that that was completely genuine
1: yeah i think this it con- it fits his persona as well is that he is very open and sincere when it comes to certain causes. You know, this week he was talking about the cost of living, price in the in the UK, people having to use food banks, this sort of thing. Like, he is very open about these things that affect people in his surroundings. And... Well,
0: sure. we what we have here is the making of a working man's hero, you know? Yeah. He is, well, we'll, we'll talk about... Uh, his best friend, who had some choice remarks about the current uh, establishment in the UK. Now they yes. come from the, the context of this is two uh, two fighters from Liverpool, a city that's traditionally been kind of ignored in terms of development um, and spending from from the government, and something yeah. that politicians they haven't gone out of their way to win over the people of Liverpool. They've been quite dismissive of them, and and Paddy is now taking on that that cause. I think a lot of people are, are going to like that, Joe. I, I, I think that, man, well, given the context of this fight and what he achieved with the burden that was weighing upon him, it was an absolute mm. standout, incredible performance. One of those moments in the UFC that you just think, oh, my God. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: Really, old, yeah. it was one of those moments that you love the sport for because just the, the, yeah. the story around it and the... Uh, the strength of character he showed to come out, still take on all the fans acclaim, still G them up, even though he was clearly hurting from what had happened. That's so much pressure mm. on his shoulders and he absolutely delivered Joe. So it, that's that's really, the man's a star. I expect to see a lot more Paddy Pimler and, uh, and I, for one, am on the train. I'm in.
1: Yeah. I'm in. So I think you've summed that up beautifully. Let's talk about the future for Paddy. What is next? Crushing cans he... baby, crushing cans Well is he... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are we going to go for the canniest Cans possible, are we going to get like A can that got, hasn't got too many dents on it What, what are we looking for here Because uh, People were talking about matchups afterwards Some people were su- suggesting like a Matt Frivola Someone along those lines uh, Someone suggested Bobby Green, to which I said Oh no, Paddy should be avoiding a Bobby Green like, I, wouldn't, I would not be taking on that sort of challenge just yet. Um, what is the sort of light... Is there? A, I think you've got a name on... <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. Well, Joe, <laughs> I don't know. Tongue. First, we've got to answer the question here.
0: Uh, are we going to try to push him on towards the rankings now? Is he
1: ready for that? No. No, I don't think so. Even given the state of the lightweight rankings... Wait, what do you mean, given the state of it? You mean, like, what, he can move through it quite easily? Or do you mean, like, that there's I, I, a sitting target there, as in, like, a Tony Ferguson? <laughs> is, that, is that what we're going to suggest?
0: Well, this is this is my question. I mean, if we're... Does, he does obviously doesn't need any more brand building. He doesn't need a big yeah. name. Um, but I'd still like to see him, you know, I, I don't want to... It would be a little bit underwhelming if he had someone with no
1: name recognition whatsoever.
0: And I think Matt Fravola. <laughs> what
1: about this? What about Michael Johnson?
0: Oh. Oh. Oh.
1: That's an interesting one.
0: Oh, but Johnson, he snuffed out some 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 names. I mean, I'm now in the Dana White role oh. where I wanna I want to make sure that Patty's gonna get it done. I want someone for him to style on. Uh, Clay Play Guida oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I mean are we not thinking you know the likes of Dan hooker or Tony Ferguson we're
1: we, we not we not thinking oh. about that oh maybe, maybe Dan Hooker's is a te- Hook is a test hooker is a test for sure I mean I d- maybe I maybe I'm wrong with this but after that fight I was thinking like who are they gonna try and build paddy up against and I'm like I just, I, there was a realization in my head of like the light bulb going off, and like, oh, they're going to be building to a Connor fight, aren't they? Between Paddy and Connor's the fight they're going to build to. Insane. Like, that do
0: you, do you not think so? Oh, I, I mean, I was, I didn't think it before the fight. Uh, I didn't consider that for a second, but suddenly, you know, the, the, the rise is, is so relatable with that of Connor's. Um, the mm. positions in their careers, you know the personalities, like Colin, Connor obviously being the fallen star. Mm. Well and yes. truly fall. Irredeemably so in the eyes of Holden I'm Talking Brother. I think you agree with that Joe.
1: Yeah for sure. So, uh, Despite the uh, 20 pounds of muscle that he's somehow put on in the last year or so. How does um, he do it? How does he do it? Hasn't been tested by USADA this year. Oh. Um, how does he do it? Mm. Um, what if I put this out then to you for like the, the run. MSG in November faces I don't know, Joe Selecki, right? Cuts a fire promo and then February, March next year, main event versus Conor. Oh my God. It would be insane.
0: And we love these, we love these, this build up in the UFC. Mm. That is really, it's really tantalizing. A lot can happen between now and then. Uh, we,
1: come on, like, we have to book the fight for, we have uh, to it's to book going to be fight. November Madison. Joe, problem.
0: but I feel so protective now. Can, I mean, can I trust Paddy?
1: Like, against hooker. like, look,
0: you gave Conor McGregor, what was that fella called? Seaver? Dennis Seaver? Dennis Seaver, <laughs>
1: Dennis Seaver, yeah. He
0: blew him up. Maybe we should give him a counter crush. Maybe, maybe, I, I even Joe Selecki, that, that man, He he's good, Selecki. He is, he is. He's good. no bum.
1: Dennis Seaver was a bum, Joe.
0: He was there to be crushed.
1: Conor Grant crushed Dawson? Him. Oh, no, wait, hold on. Grant Dawson's undefeated. <laughs> Come on, easy uh, now, easy now. My beautiful. Anthony boy. Hernandez? Oh, I do dislike that fella. Yeah. <laughs> so that that could work. Yeah. Alright. Alright, should we go for Oh god, can you imagine how annoying the trash talk would be though? Mm-hmm. Of oh, I don't know. I got a feeling the Michael Johnson fight in a way, but I don't know. Johnson was good in his last fight. What about uh Chris Gritsomacer? What about him? <laughs> Three and four in the UFC. No, come on, let's Anthony Hernandez, I think that's the fight to make. Anyway, we're right, rambling there on you here. Go. We are. Let's talk let's talk about the lightweights light heavyweight fight I should say. Nikita Krilov versus Alexander Gustafsson. Uh, we both picked Gustafsson by decision, and uh, I think what we should be both be picking now is Gustafsson to retire um, off of the back of this performance. Tom uh, Krilov knocks him out, knocked him down twice um, in a one minute twenty second fight, and the second knockdown was the most troubling for me, where uh, Gustafsson had caught uh, Krilov's kick, and uh, Krilov's kick uh, leg was. Uh, caught between Gustafsson's legs and on one leg with a sort of not even a full left hook landed on Gustafsson, knocked him down, and then ground and pounded him out. This is uh, that's a worrying, worrying sign. And I think Gustafsson needs to retire. Yeah,
0: I don't have anything to add to that, Joe. I mean, we did reference this possibility on the preview pod. Um, um it, 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 it looks so obvious in hindsight. But uh, we hope mm. that you know Gustafsson would have would have gone back to Whoa. the gym. Coming back to light like, heavyweight, we're talking about you know maybe the path is open for him to have one more run. Maybe that'll that'll uh, kind of give him the dedication he needs. Mm. But ultimately,
1: uh, he's gone. He's he is uh, he's washed. Chin's gone. Chin's gone. Chin. Chin's, Chin's gone. He's washed, and I think. You know, we ask the question: What Gustafson's going to show up? And we hope for the best because that's what we. But how old is he? He's 30, Five? Six, 30, 70, 35. 35. 35.
0: <sighs> he's not that old, Joe. <sighs> yeah,
1: but the ch- that, he's been in he's been in some he's been in some wars. He's been in some wars, and I think when you get knocked out like that, it's not necessarily that it's from Krilov, who I think is a good fighter, but it's just how he got dropped. And how he got pounded out, I, and then what is what is left like the fir- in the like heavyweight division?
0: The, f- the first shot that Krilov threw, you could see it troubled Gustafsson. You know, like you could see already it, it, it buckled him. Um, you know, and and really from the minute that first shot landed, I was like, oh god,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is only going one way. Yeah, for sure. For so, sure. So- uh Krilov, what should he move on to?
0: Well, I mean, it is a signature win for Krilov. It is a big name, mm. a big scalp. I have to say I'm still in that camp now. I asked these questions in the preview pod about Gustafsson and just how good he really was. Obviously, fights like this really do diminish the legacy, uh, in my opinion. I'm not convinced he was ever that good anymore. The Teixeira performance, obviously, uh,
1: would be the best evidence to challenge what I'm saying. Not the Cormier Jones fights, how competitive they were. You don't think that they... But we had a second Jones-Gustafson uh, fight. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, that's true.
0: But yeah, nonetheless, it is a big win for Krylov. Uh The man has now augmented the, his package uh, with with this fantastic English that he was so, <laughs> so proud to tell. Oh, come on.
1: Come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, all right. Yeah, it wasn't great. It... Uh, but you know what? Fair play for him to, for doing his best. And to be honest, sometimes the best promos, they're in English by people where it says second language and it's not very good. Sometimes they're the best promos. I wonder to match is the one I'm sort of uh, referencing from Piotr Jan. Um, Krilov then. I mean, what are we thinking? Like the winner of the Jamahil hill tiago Santos fight, maybe? Well, you've also got the winner of a light heavyweight fight that was earlier
0: on this card. Uh, we're going to get to that. Uh, when we talk about Vulcan Ustamir and his matchup oh, with of course, Paul yeah. Craig, that no reason why that shouldn't
1: oh, happen. Yeah, that, that's that's actually yeah, that sounds like a good show. Uh, Molly McCann was back, and she defeated Hannah Goldie. Uh, my my first notes for this fight: uh, jacked, all in capital letters. Uh, Goldie with the Mohammed Usman-esque body. Uh, it was exactly uh, my notes <laughs> here, bro. The size of this woman, she was incredible. Uh, just a terrible fighter, that. that's the problem. That's
0: the yeah, uh, the unfortunate aspect. She does have the Muhammad Usman syndrome, Joe. It would seem, <laughs> but we're going to find that out when oh, he comes way, in to the UFC. He's
1: fighting in two weeks' time. <laughs> well, co-main the,
0: event. The precedent has been set by Hannah Goldie in this fight, who who was pretty. Pretty woeful. Uh, I'm not going to dwell on Hannah Goldie. I'm told that she was a worthy competitor by you in the preview pod. I will accept that and move on for it. I do mm-hmm. note that she has launched uh, an OnlyFans off the back of this this showing. So uh, hopefully mm-hmm. she got what she wants out of the fight. But Molly McCann, Joe. Oh, my word. My word. So big, big uh, overhand right that start, sent Goldie back kind of flailing back towards the cage. Whilst yeah. Goldie is trapped there up against the cage, here it comes. It's only a spinning back elbow. Woo!
1: <laughs> Lands it. That drops t- her. Ground and pound. That's all she wrote, brother. Good. I mean, fantastic. Really, back-to-back, back, spinning back elbows. It was incredible. When, when, when I mean, It's almost like it was a bit of a piss-take at the division, let's be honest. If you're able to do that twice two fights in a row that says a lot about the division um but just but, but well credit to mccann because you know
0: of course when you land a shot like that you think right i've, I've, I've unlocked it
1: i found <laughs> i found the path to victory and uh i've completed mma uh, And uh, you know yeah and she threw one spinning
0: back elbow it was at the right time uh when goldie was against the cage yeah. You know, it wasn't out in the open. It wasn't unnecessarily no. spinning shit. It was it was the great move. Uh, yeah. And, and she picked it at the right time. So I really think this was a huge showing for her. Her star has ascended, not just off the back of Paddy, but in her own right
1: now, with these two finishes this year. Mm. Who did she fight next, mm-hmm. Joe? I'm gonna say it. Valentina Shevchenko. That's that's the fight to make. Wow. But stop it's stop fucking around. Just get it. Like she's she's on fire at the moment you know she's got like crowd lover for some reason I don't particularly find her that charming of a personality even though I do uh, agree with her post fight promo Um, fuck the Tories oh fuck the Tories indeed Um, listen if Paddy can convince men to talk about their mental health and if Molly McCann can get people to cheer or shout fuck the Tories then they're all right in my book to some degree um but what, what are we doing here? This is a terrible division. Like, just give her, give her the title shot. Like, really, come on, let's let's just do it. Madison Square Garden, she's in the co-main event. Kane's Valentina Shevchenko. You can see it, can't you? Paddy goes out there before. He knocks out Clay Guida. He cuts a fire promo just before Molly McCann comes out. Gets the crowd fired up. She comes out. The crowd are on their feet. And then Shevchenko cruises to a five-round decision. Like, this is just, this, this shit writes itself. Am I mistaken, or is, is Molly McCann currently unranked? She is indeed, but, you know, Alex Pereira was uh, unranked before he gets his title shot with Adesanya, and let's just do the same thing here. Joe, you get you get no
0: contest from me. You are the resident specialist for the women's flyweight division. If you say that's the fight to make, <laughs> that's the
1: fight to make. Yeah, fuck it. I mean, Miranda Maverick was calling her out, and I think Maverick's a good fighter. Um,
0: what about Macy you know, Barber?
1: She's supposed to be such a good striker. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one. I think that could potentially be a bit of a could derail Barber. Um, I think also maybe the UFC are maybe lining up the woman I picked to defeat Shevchenko, Manon Fioro. Uh, she's got a fight in September against Caitlin Chukagian. Um, so maybe they might go down the Fioro route. But personally, I would just say fuck it, give it to to Meatball Molly McCann. What's the worst that could happen? All right. Well, that's... if she wins. If she wins, you have got a British champion rematch at the O2 in March, and if she loses, who cares? Joe's women's flyweight fiesta. We're
0: gonna find a name <laughs> for the segment of the pod, but it's
1: yeah. I'll create some. I'll get some music going. You know, the sort of you, you can imagine it, right, Joe? Anyway. Last fight on the main card
0: was a light heavyweight matchup between Vulcan Ustami and Paul Craig. Uh, we
1: both we, pick, we pick... We both picked Paul Craig by submission, which was far from happening in this fight. Can we just talk about, they were both walked out, Craig has got this intensity to him, and they cut to Volkan Uzdemir, and Michael Bisping says on commentary, Uzdemir looks worried here, to which I said, no, he always looks like that. Like, what are you talking about? He always has this sort of blank, I've just seen a war crime committed and I want to try and forget about it look on his face. He's, yeah, I I don't know what they're seeing there. And we proceeded to watch 15 minutes of Paul Craig pulling guard, Uzdemir going nowhere near, and Uzdemir's corner yelling at him, say, telling him not to go any go near him. So, a bit of a weird fight, I, I thought. A Totally
0: bizarre fight, uh, and only made more bizarre by the commentary itself. I mean, you, you mentioned there uh, that straight away they were saying that Uzdemir looked a bit a bit shook, a bit worried. As you say, <laughs> that is the patented wide-eyed stare of Uzdemir uh, and then they continue to tell us throughout the fight that uh, Paul Gregg was quite successful in, in in throwing up these submission attempts when he kept pulling guard it was a good game mm. plan and that uh, he was even doing well on, in the striking in the second round is what we heard from the commentary so mm. um, you know if to the uninitiated going into the Decision. It was only in the third round they started to express some doubts about Paul Craig just lying on his back and praying for Usama to come down to meet him there. Yeah, uh, totally.
1: I was way off base. The commentary wasn't it, Joe? It was. It was awful. It was really, really awful. If Paul Craig was not a British fighter, do you think Bisping would have been saying that about his performance? No, no. There we go. I think. I think that sums it up. Paul Craig, for the way he looks and the way he is before a fight. The fact that he has like no punching power is really gutting because he would be such a good fighter if he just had a bit more zip on his punches and when they were exchanging on the feet was me was getting the better of him but i felt like maybe craig could have gotten to something in there he could have created those clinch exchanges he just didn't want to do that he had this idea of i've got him clinched here i'm gonna pull him down bro learn to fucking trip someone like learn learn to like go down to like a level change from the clinch like God almighty, it was so frustrating.
0: It was so frustrating that I I got to the point where I was like, well, he must be covering up for something. He must be totally washed or he must be... I mean, uh, washed, sorry. He must be injured. Yeah, Yeah. injured or totally gassed. uh, Because it was just absolutely bizarre. Like, he did have some moments, some reasonable moments on the feet. He was trading with us As I say, particularly for stretches, I think it was in the second round... Uh, you know, he was he was throwing up head kicks and he was showing quite a diverse arsenal. He wasn't really eating that many shots. I didn't think it was a particularly stellar showing from Uzdemir. He wasn't really able to hit him, which was a bit bizarre. Um, mm. And Craig just seemed to have no confidence in his ability to continue striking or work into grappling positions from, from a strike, off the back of a strike. Instead, he just wanted to pull guard and... Um, I don't know. Like I, I, Uzdemir he, I guess, intelligently decided not to exchange in that game. But mm. there were moments. I know this is Paul Gray style, but it, I, I, I actually thought Usama could just go down into that guard and, and, and smash him out. To be honest, particularly
1: particularly in the second and third round, because he looked knackered. He he did look knackered, and I tell you
0: what, he doesn't look like he can take a shot. He looked looked pretty yeah. pretty wobbly, even with glancing blows. That Vito, uh, Yeah, third round, I
1: thought like yeah third round he i remember it was to me a landed uh, sort of uh i think it was a one-two just a simple one-two that caught craig and craig looks like almost out of it basically yeah he he it was a it was a strange strange performance from paul craig and really he fucked it because if he had won this fight even a decision he would have been in prime contender spot and Really? This was kind of the position Emmett was in a month ago against Calvin Cater. You lose this fight, you're never getting a title shot, and Paul Craig fucked it, and he's never going to get a title shot, now. Like, he's not going to get back up there.
0: It's it's hard to see it, Joe, especially with such huge limitations in his game. I don't know. Perhaps he was. There was something we don't know about affecting Mm -hmm. him. Um, Mm. But, yeah, the momentum has well and truly stalled after a performance like that. Very disappointing for Paul Craig. I can't say I'm particularly inspired to make matchups for either of these guys off the back of this. Um, Ustamir, Krilov? Yeah, that's what we were looking yeah. at going back. And, you know, after this fight, you'd expect Uzdemir to take Paul's spot at, at number eight. He's number nine right now. Krilov is number 11. Um, mm. Perhaps we'll get a nudge up as well. So I think that's a fight that makes sense. Two top 10 fighters, Nikita Krilov and Volkan yeah. Ustamir. I mean, I'm happy Uzdemir
1: got the win. Paul Craig, meanwhile, he has to fight down now, surely. Gustafson down or are we talking like oh. you know <laughs> alright here's an interesting no, question you
0: well you just mentioned that I'm assuming Gustafson does retire after that after that performance but if he doesn't mm. who'd you pick? Gustafson Craig that sounds like a
1: bizarre fight I mean if he gets knocked out by Craig <laughs> then it's like bro don't go out when it's a windy day like you're going to be in trouble um just what about the, um, the notion of that, Joe? It's, it's yeah. too much for me. What about for Craig, by the way? What about what about Dustin Jacoby for Craig's next fight?
0: Yeah, yeah, C- C- Jaco- right. Jacoby on the come up, strong kickboxer. Um, I think he'd be wise enough not to to follow Craig down. I don't know. Like you see that showing from Craig, and you think, like,
1: who the hell can he beat? Like, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It was it was that and bad. It does, it does, and it makes you question his wins. Like, his recent wins, where it's just like... Wait, did he win that through his ability or because the other guy fucked up? You know, if they literally just stand up, bro. Like, if they just stood up, would they have been alright? And it's like, you know... And also, I love that meme. That someone posted the meme the other the other day of, like... You know, um, it was like a... Oh, jujitsu guy's in a street fight. And it's like some guy lying on his back with, like, like... And he's just like, come down in my guard, bro, and see what I do to you. And it's just like... <laughs> it's just like, yeah... Yeah, I can see that not working. So um yeah, bit bit of an odd one. Bit of an odd one. It's it'd be if Craig can add something to his game, then maybe he might have a chance of making a run up the rankings again, but Joe, I'm bummed out. I don't want to talk about this fight anymore.
0: All right then. That was Good a fun. real it was a real low note on the card, and I think that draws us into the card itself. You you, you really didn't like it.
1: No. No, I didn't. I didn't like it. I mean, there was one fight on the prelims that I was particularly impressed by. Uh, sadly, it wasn't involving our boy Jai Herbert, who uh, edged out a decision victory um, over some jabron. He got. I mean, he got out wrestled by Jai Herbert. There's some something bad's going on here. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I think the prelims set us up for a bit of a disappointing evening uh, of, of fights
0: so on the prelims there we had um what was it eight fights overall eight fights overall yeah. i believe it was and seven of those went to decision most of them from uh, lay and pray style wrestling mm-hmm. or or control time uh, i'd like to revisit uh, the fight that i picked here um, going into the card as being the one to watch, that was Mohammed Makayev fighting Charles Johnson, a newcomer to the UFC flyweight division. Um, well, Joe, yeah. <laughs> where, well, what do we say? Where do I start with that one? Well, I mean, basically we just saw the same exchange uh, again and again and again for 15 minutes, which was Makayev um, taking taking the back position whilst they were standing um, and locking up one of Makayev's legs. Against the fence. Against the fence, exactly. Yeah. And. uh, Makaev
1: locking up Johnson's leg. Yeah, locking up one of his
0: legs and holding his back. Um, Mm. Not really doing a whole lot to improve that position. Occasionally, uh, being successful with a trip or a takedown, uh, to which Charles Johnson would stand straight back up, they would exchange a little bit and find themselves in the same position. Uh, So it was Mm. just all control time for Makaev. A lot of people have been very down on Makaev after this performance. I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, he came out there. He absolutely exploded. It was rocket fuel for the first uh, mm. first minute or so. And t- fortunately, Charles Johnson, he wasn't going to be taken out that easily. The guy looks pretty good to me. I was yeah. pretty encouraged, pretty happy to welcome that guy to the UFC flyweight mix-up.
1: Um, I don't know, Joe. How much do you want to criticize Makai for this performance? He won the fight comfortably. I mean, he's, he's very young. He's very young. He doesn't. He doesn't like if he has a fight like this where. He's got a game plan and he wants to try and like out wrestle this guy and take him down and do his work on the ground. That's fine. And if he's feeling like oh, I'm not getting to what I want but I'm still winning the fight, I'm gonna just keep going with this and hopefully something will happen with that. I get it. I just feel like when they were they did exchange for that first minute that Makai got something there and it's like. Maybe he just didn't want to risk it and felt like that if this was the best thing for him to do.
0: Well, the one question I had with regards to that is that he really did explode for quite, yeah, at least the first minute uh, in that first round. He really tried to work Johnson. Mm. And when he could see Johnson wasn't going to go that easily, uh, I think he started to get a bit more mindful of conserving his energy. Mm. I'm sure he felt that lactic acid in those
1: muscles. Um, maybe that adrenaline dump sort of thing. a
0: hundred percent. The crowd quieted down uh, by that point. and yeah, i i wouldn't I wouldn't say that he was just trying to be conservative. He didn't want to take any risks. I think he just mm. went to positions that he's used to being more effective than they were in this fight. So I choose to credit Johnson's uh, defense, and I look forward to seeing him fight again. Ultimately, it was a unanimous decision victory. All three rounds went to Mikhayev. I don't think you'd disagree with that. And no. um, I'm ready to just keep pushing him up through the rankings. Let's go.
1: Damn. What do we think then for Mikhayev? Are you thinking
0: Well, the man wants to be well, champ in a year,
1: Joe, so he's gotta to get to work. Pick any damn. name. He says he wants to fight he wants to fight on UFC two eighty. So I don't know I, I will allow what, that. What about this? What about what about Matt Schnell?
0: <laughs> well, that's a man with some name recognition now after his last showing over Sumadeji, which we in some detail over on a previous pod. I'm, mm. I'm down for it, Joe. You pick any name in there, and I want to see it. Any Absolutely. any name in the top 15,
1: I think McIve is legit. This story is not over. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the prelim fight that I picked. Nathaniel Wood gets a decision win over Charles Rosa. Charles Rosa doing his best impression of Diego Sanchez from 2006. Uh, it was a bit, of a bit of an odd one from Wood, I felt like, because he was clearly a lot better than Rosa, getting getting the better of him knocked him over a few times some lovely fainting from from wood in this but i felt like again like the makaya fight got to the end of the second round all right i'll just cruise through this third one i can just do this over and over again until i get the decision win in a new division i get it but i would like to see wood maybe just kick on a little bit more uh, in his fights in this weight class and uh, i'm intrigued to see what he does next because I thought this was a very comprehensive win over Rosa I'm sure you agree
0: yeah another fighter going up a division who suddenly does look uh, a whole lot healthier Um, Mm. I think there's a lot of room for that in the UFC I don't think these guys do really need to cut down to the smallest size humanly possible and then try to rehydrate back up to something resembling a normal weight this was another guy who looked improved
1: uh, at featherweight yeah bring it on Nathaniel Wood let's, let's go yeah absolutely absolutely really really uh Enjoyed his performance there. Um, but yeah, overall, I, th- I thought this card was just not very good, was it? It's just, let's let's be real. <sighs> no. Uh, no, of course. No,
0: it wasn't good. It wasn't good, but it was a huge, huge moment for Paddy Pimler And Joe, yes. jo, like, if I asked you, Conor McGregor, Con- uh, Conor McGregor when he dusted off uh, Siva, do you know what card that was on? Uh,
1: UFC... Boston, and I don't remember what else was on that card. Right,
0: and I think that's how we'll reflect on this one too. Fair enough, fair enough.
1: Let's, uh, well, let's wrap this up then. Tom, you're the champ. You steal the belt from me on a, on a technicality. Are you, are you actually going to claim the belt here, or are you going to be like, do the honourable thing and be like, I can't claim the title from this?
0: Well, I, I guess we have the situation where, like, you know, Oliveira, he is he's not the champ anymore officially, but perhaps in the fans' eyes, he still is.
1: Yes. Uh, We'll have to hear from the listeners on that (laughs) I mean, I I am the champ, but there's nothing I can do about that. Fine. You can be the champion for a few days. I'll claim it back this weekend uh, when we do our predictions for the UFC 277.
0: Yeah, which we'll be back for uh, tomorrow. We won't be covering that Mm. on this episode because it is, of course, a main uh, numbered event. So we're going to give it the proper Mm -hmm. treatment. Um, Brings us to quite a short episode here, Joe.
1: Uh, any other little little things that caught your eye? Oh, should we talk about Dana White's comments for two major announcements this week? There were two big fight announcements this past week. You had the Sean O'Malley versus Piotr Jan fight set up and then the um, Hamza Shemeyer versus Nate Diaz fight. Should I give you the ones for the Jan O'Malley fight first? Sure. Okay, he said this. We were in matchmaking and Sean Shelby actually came up with that fight. Sean Shelby wanted that fight. I said, are you out of your mind? You don't make that fight now. He told me why he'd make it and O'Malley's ready. You know, O'Malley's about to be 28 years old in October in his absolute prime right now and hits like a truck. He ended up selling me on it. And more importantly, both guys wanted it. And even more important than that, when we announced it, everybody went crazy and loves it. And even more important than that... It should be a fucking it should be fucking a really good fight excuse my uh, my my slip up there, Tom, <laughs> we were kind of excited for this fight, but also a bit like Jesus Christ, are you actually going to do this now? like I don't know if we went totally as crazy as everyone else
0: yeah, well, I mean that's a real look behind the behind the curtain, um, so I appreciate that insight from dana mm. to 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 be honest. I think that summarizes our our thoughts very much. I'm looking forward to the fight, Joe. I would say I'm crazy
1: about that. That sounds like a lot of fun. You don't want to see Sean O'Malley fight Petter Yan? I mean, I do. I absolutely do. Particularly on that card as well, which is going to be on UK time for us as well. That's going to be something that will be uh, making it even more appealing. And that's a banging card, UFC 280. Now, should we talk about those comments about the Samsat fight? I feel like I'm not going to agree with him here, but let's go. All right. Count the lies in this one. Okay. So Dana had this to say. I care about Nate a lot. <laughs> we, were <talking> one. <laughs> we were talking about it being his last fight. And I said, listen, kid, you think about the wars that Nate Diaz has put on and the incredible fights and the big fights he's done with us. Go do whatever you want to do, man. But getting a fight done with him isn't as easy as it teams. Everybody's like, well, why don't you make a fight? Well, he asked for Francis and Garnu. I could go on forever, but I won't. We got the Hamzat fight done. That's the fight he wanted. I counted at least four there. So, um, I mean, what, what, what stood out for you more? I care about Nate a lot or he asked for Francis and Garnu. <laughs> I, I mean, we know that Nate, he likes to enjoy,
0: uh, enjoy smoke from time to time i yeah. I think the times when he enjoys smoking probably doing coincide with the times he reaches out to Dana White on social media. Mm. I wouldn't rule that one out uh yeah the the, the thing I'm I find easiest to rule out is that he cares deeply for for Nate Diaz's well being because mm. you cannot match him up with kahamza and, and and say that those two things cannot exist in the same universe
1: yeah, a lot of fighters have come out and said as much Leon Edwards said it this week as well where he's was like said well I'm pulling for Nate to win and he said "Like, I, he said, I, I think it's a bit fucked up that they're giving this, him this fight uh, kind of ignoring the fact that Leon Edwards was booked against Nate in a sort of like well just go swash this guy sort of fight uh, which and he pre- did but and,
0: proceeded but to get had, rocked with a few seconds left
1: yeah um, that's a so, warning for Hamzat there Joe that is indeed a warning for him um, I mean there were so many other fights you could have made and yet they're wasting our time with this. Yeah, I'm not I'm not excited about it at all. No. No. Anyway, listeners, thank you for joining us. We will be back tomorrow to talk about UFC 277. Tom, you're the champ. Congratulations. I do not hold it against you whatsoever. And uh Tom Aspinall, I wish you all the best. Thank you for costing me my belt. Uh let's uh <laughs> let's wrap it up. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Joe. And uh, see you tomorrow for the next card. I did. And uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us. Goodbye.
0: I up on Friday morning at 4am to a message that one of my friends back home would kill himself. This was uh, five hours before my weigh So, Ricky, lad, that's for you. boy. There's a stigma in this world that men can't talk. Listen, if you're a man and you've got weight on your shoulders and you think the only way you can solve it's by killing yourself, please speak to someone. (laughs) Speak to anyone. People would rather, I know I'd rather me make cry on my shoulder than go to his funeral next week. So please, let's get rid of this stigma and men start talking.